Welcome to the SportsCapping.com podcast with free handicapping advice, odds insights, picks, and predictions to help you beat the sports book. And now your hosts, Jack Jones and Brandon Lee. This is the SportsCapping.com free pick podcast. It's your host, Jack Jones, back with another season of free pick winners on the gridiron alongside Brandon Lee. It's Thursday, September 10th, which means it's the start of the NFL season with the Chiefs taking on the Texans tonight. We've already had some college football games in the books, so life is kind of starting to feel back to normal here in this hectic 2020. Brandon, it's good to have you back, my friend. Yeah, it has been a different year, to say the least, but I mean... Football is back. I'm excited as I've been in quite a while for a football season. You know, just kind of feel refreshed with that time off we got um, late spring, early summer. So uh, I'm excited. I I can't wait. Yeah, that was the good part was getting a little bit of uh, free time over the spring and summer to kind of rejuvenate. And yeah, and now I feel just ready for football season, man. It's great. It's back. And for those of you that don't know, Brandon's a fellow handicapper at sportscapping.com and a good friend of mine. I like his insight into these games and trust his opinions too. So although sometimes we do disagree, uh, but that's going to happen occasionally over an entire our entire season. Nonetheless, this is our fifth straight year doing a football free pick podcast, and our results kind of speak for themselves. We're now 196, 146, and 11 the last four seasons on the gridiron. Uh, 57.3% winners. Bet 1000 bucks a game, you'd be up over 35000 over the last four seasons with us just on these free picks. We, get, we usually give out six free picks each week. One NFL, one college football, one NFL teaser each. And uh, that's what we're going to be doing for week one NFL and week two college football to get things started. Brandon, you ready to fire up the 2020 season? I'm ready, man. Uh, We've had quite a few people uh, get in contact with us uh, about getting this thing going for this year. So, you know, I'm I'm glad that there's people out there listening and that are excited for it. And, uh, you know, hopefully we continue to do what we've done. Yeah, that makes it a lot more pleasurable when uh, you know people are listening and wanting to hear your info and wanting these picks. So it makes makes us wanting to do it every week for you guys, and uh, that's what we're going to keep doing. Uh, start us out with your college football uh, free pick for week two. Yeah, I'm heading to Saturday's action. I'm, I'm going to lay the 11.5 points with Louisville at home against Western Kentucky. A uh, few teams had a bigger positive turnaround from 2018 to 2019 than the Cardinals. Louisville finished 8-5, and five, which they capped off with a 10-point bowl win over Mississippi State as an underdog. Uh, no one was expecting that after they finished 2018 a mere 2-10. Uh, they went from going winless in conference play to tying for the third-best mark in the ACC at 5-3. and three. They did all of this uh, in the first year under head coach Scott Satterfield, who, you know, had a really good run at Appalachian State, finished 31-11 and 11 over his last four years there. Satterfield did step into a better situation than it may have appeared. Uh, I, th- I believe a big reason that Louisville went 2-10 in 2018 is the players quit um, on head coach Bobby Petrino. Uh, regardless, you know, you still got to do the – you got to produce, and that, that's what this team did. And I, I think Satterfield proved that, you know, what he did at Appalachian State was no fluke. Louisville has a ton of talent coming back on both sides of the ball, including one of the top quarterbacks in the ACC and Mikhail Cunningham. Uh, I'm really big on teams with a lot of continuity this year. Uh, I just think it makes all the difference with the lack of the offseason work uh, we had or they had to uh, deal with during COVID. Cardinals also got in seven spring practices. Might not seem like a big deal, but the ATS results... 
excuse me, early are definitely favoring teams that got uh, practice in the spring. Uh, I just don't think people realize how good this team is. That's not to say Western Kentucky won't be a threat in Conference USA this year. I just feel they're outclassed across the board in this matchup. Uh, they didn't get in any spring practices. And while there's reason to be optimistic with Maryland grad transfer Tyrell Pigram at quarterback, the lack of an offseason will 100% uh, make that tra- transition a lot harder than it would have been in a normal year. These two teams played last year on a neutral site. Louisville won 38-21. They led 31-7, to had a 415-288 to edge in total yards. I-, I would be shocked if they don't win this game by 14 points. Yeah, you have to love what Satterfield did in his first season at Louisville, improving the Cardinals by six wins. They got 16 starters back this year. Um, that's a lot, and the Cardinals could be a surprise contender in the Atlantic. And uh, all their top skill position players are back on offense, so it should be some continuity going into the season, like you said. Western Kentucky also improved by six wins in Tyson Helton's first year on the job last year, but they did uh, so against a much softer schedule, and I think – um, that's not as sustainable, um, even though they have 16 starters back. I, I, I just trust Louisville more here. Louisville did beat Western Kentucky by 17 last year. I think you'll see a similar similar result this year, about a 17-point win here for Louisville. So I got them covering the spread too, Brandon. I like your pick. I like to hear it, man. Who do you got? I'm going with Arkansas State plus 10.5 at Kansas State. Uh, Arkansas State's had nine consecutive winning seasons. They're uh, under seventh-year head coach Blake Anderson. He's stabilized the program. They got 15 returning starters. The best quarterback situation in the Sun Belt, uh, Logan Bonner, has a 10 to one, had a 10 to 1 touchdown and interception ratio last year before suffering season ender, season ending injury. Lane Hatcher took over for him, finished with the 27 to 10 ratio the rest of the year. Uh, both guys split reps in the opener. Arkansas State only lost 24 to 37 to Memphis at Memphis as 18 point underdogs. Uh, that's a Memphis team that won a school record 12 games last year. And is loaded again this year, uh, so that was a good showing for them. Um, the Red Bulls played well, but committed three turnovers and failed on an onside kick attempt. That that really, I think they were down four at the time they tried this onside kick uh, early early in the game, and it, it backfired. And Memphis scored, um, so that was a poor decision by the coach. Honestly, uh, Memphis was only outgained, or Memphis only out outgained them by 86 yards though in that game. I like that Arkansas State has a game under its belt now against a very good team. It's also also worth noting the Red Wolves had 11 spring practices and two scrimmages, um, so they got a really big head start heading into fall camp. Uh, Chris Kleiman uh, inher- inherited 14 returning starters last year, led Kansas State to a solid 8-5 and season that included a win over Oklahoma. But the Wildcats only had nine starters back this year and will clearly be one of the worst teams in the Big 12. They lose all five senior starters along the offensive line, and that's going to create some continuity problems early in the season with quarterback Skylar Thompson in the offense. They also lost their leading receiver and rusher. While the defense should be solid again, uh, offensively, I just think with three starters back, Kansas State's not going to be able to put up a big number in this opener, and it's going to be tough for them to cover this 10.5-point spread, let alone win the game outright. It gets a sneaky good Red Wolves team. Um, Give me Arkansas State as a double-digit dog. Yeah, I personally want nothing to do with the spread in this game. Uh, There's definitely an argument for taking the points with the Red Wolves. Wolves, You've covered that pretty well. I just don't want anything to do with betting against Chris Kleiman. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't think K-State would even get to a bowl game last year. And they went 8-4 and four in the regular season, 9-3 and three against the spread. 
I know they lose, like you mentioned, all five guys on the offensive line. They've had several guys in and out of the lineup in practice because of COVID. And the defense will be adjusting to a new defensive coordinator. I still can't pull the trigger on Arkansas State here. Uh, I got some concerns with the Red Wolves being able to move the football against this K-State defense. They return their entire D-line and should feature a top 25 secondary. Uh, I've also never been a fan of teams that play two quarterbacks, so I I agree with you. Both are very talented. I I just don't like the chemistry and the rhythm that it creates on the offensive side of the ball. I was a loser uh, backing Memphis against this team uh, last week, so you know maybe I'm sleeping on them. Uh, I'll be rooting for you to cash it because I'm not playing the other side. Uh, If I play anything in this game, it would be the under at 54 and a half, or I think it might even be 51 and a half. Now. I'm glad, I think it's went down a little. I'm glad you're leaning in the under too, because I, I would be too on that for sure. Um, mainly because of, I, I think Kansas State's offense is going to struggle in the first game. They're, they're slow. They're going to run the ball a lot. And they're going to run it a lot, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, man, I can get on board with that. Unders are good for dogs too. Um, let's go to the NFL now, man. I know this has uh, definitely been your specialty over the years uh, on the podcast. Um what do you got? What do you got for Week One in the NFL? Yeah, I'm gonna gladly lay the six and a half points with the Patriots at home against the Dolphins. A uh, big revenge game out of the gate for New England. Dolphins cost them a first round bye in the playoffs last year with that upset win in Week 17, one that I was very excited for being a Chiefs fan. Uh, I've been in plenty of arguments though with some friends of mine about the state of this Patriots team and what they're gonna look like without Tom Brady. <clears throat> I would say the consensus is that New England will struggle without him. Uh, you know, and you add that into the guys that they had opt out, and I think you got a lot of people uh, calling for their reign on top of the AFC East to be over. I'm on the exact opposite end of that spectrum. Uh, Bill Belichick is the best coach in the NFL. He has been and will continue to be for the foreseeable future. Uh, there's nothing more Belichick wants than to show everyone he doesn't need Brady to win. I, the guy's as competitive as all the other great players. That You can't tell me that's not in the back of his mind. What's crazy is he's already shown us that he can do it. They went 11-5 and with Matt Castle in 2008 when Brady was lost in the season in Week 1. They went 3-1 and in 2016 with an inexperienced Garoppolo and Brissett when Brady was suspended. Uh, and I'm not sure if people were paying attention, but they've got a former MVP at quarterback now in Cam Newton. I don't know why this is not a bigger deal than it is. Uh, I've talked crap about Cam on this podcast in the past. I don't like his personality. I think he's a little too me uh, for a team sport. But the big reason Cam has not been good the last few years is because of injuries. All all indications are that he's as healthy as he's been in a long time. Uh, The only concern I had would be with how he meshed with Belichick and the players and their team-first approach. Everything so far that I've read and that I've seen is all roses. And not to mention, Cam's been named a, a captain of this team already. I think that speaks volumes to the respect that he's got from the players in that locker room. Uh, they're going to run an offense completely tailored to Cam's strengths. They did it with Castle. They they did it with Garoppolo. They did it with Brissett. They're, they're not going to run the same offense, and I think that's a big advantage. Miami's got no clue what to expect in this game. Uh, I just wonder how different the hype around Cam signing with New England would have been had, say, Brady retired instead of leaving for Tampa Bay. I think people have this thing where they're either on Brady or Belichick's side. I think they're both going to be great in 2020. Uh, I know they had some big names opt out on defense, 
But again, we're talking about Belichick. New England's defense is a lot more plug-and-play than people want to admit to. They had 20 guys record over 200 snaps last year. Miami, on the other hand, they're, they're a team that overachieved last year. They were uh, statistically expected to be the worst team ever in the NFL. Uh, they started out looking like it, but then they got a little better with that. And um, while I like what they did um, defensively, they are bringing in a new defensive coordinator in Josh Boyer, who's never called plays in the NFL before. And I think that's a big deal with an offseason uh, like we have. I, I think this will be a defense that's going to look a lot better in week 10 than it does in week one. I, I'm just not all that excited with what Miami has to do or has uh, in terms of, you know, Ryan Tannehill and, and the weapons on the outside. So uh, I think Belichick and the Patriots make a statement week one and make easy work of Miami. You know, uh, I I think the Patriots will be fine um, in the long run, uh, but in the in week one, I think I'm going to lean with the Dolphins plus six and a half. I like the Dolphins that the Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick the starter, letting Tua sit and learn. Uh, Fitzpatrick gave the Dolphins a chance to win almost every game last year, especially towards the end of the year. Uh, they did go just five and eleven, but were nine and seven against the spread. Uh, they st- they did stop the Patriots from getting that home field advantage with that 27-24 upset win as 15.5-point dogs in Week 17. Uh, considering their lack of talent last year, head coach Brian Flores did a great job. The team played hard for him, finished strong after a terrible start. Now they bring back all 11 starters on defense, adding quarter- cornerback Byron Jones, defensive end Shaq Lawson, and linebacker Kyle Van Noy. Uh, offensively, they bring in help at running back with Jordan Howard from Philadelphia, Matt Breida from San Francisco, and the chemistry between Fitzpatrick and his young receivers should be even better this year. I do think Cam Newton will be playing with a chip on his shoulder, and the Patriots will be right there fighting for another AFC East title this year. But there will be chemistry issues with Newton in the offense in the first few weeks without any preseason games. So I think it's better to fade them here at this kind of price uh, against a Dolphins team that finished so strong last year and should start strong as well. Um, you make a great point about you know, the Dolphins aren't going to know what exactly to expect from the Patriots' offense. That does concern me. And uh, as a result, I, it's probably just a lean on the Dolphins plus 6.5 at this point. For sure, and, and I get what you're saying there. I, me personally, I don't think there's a coach I would rather have in the NFL uh, to deal with this crazy 2020 offseason. I mean, the Patriots basically put in a new game plan every single week of the season. So uh, nobody prepares better than them, and... I, you're not I, gonna I just yeah. No arguments there, man. Belichick's I, the man. <laughs> I just I, I, I think people are sleeping on this team. Yeah, I think so too. I really do. I just it, the line kinda just feels a little high for week one, but maybe not. We'll see. You know, if Brady was quarterback it'd probably be double digits, so there there's a point to be made there. Um Yeah, at least ten. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with the Rams plus three at home against the Cowboys as my free pick. Uh, you're just not hearing a lot of talk about the Rams this year. They're kind of the forgotten team. They just went to the Super Bowl two years ago. Followed that up with a 9-7 and season last year. Didn't make the playoffs. But they did go 11-5 and against the spread in those 16 games, which is impressive for a team coming off a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, they were 7th in total offense, 13th in total defense. So it wasn't like they were a bad team. And their offense remains loaded with Jared Goff leading the league's fourth-ranked passing attack last year. I love the continuity on this team following a crazy offseason with no preseason games. I don't like the Cowboys situation bringing in Mike McCarthy to install a new system. While the Cowboys are talented on offense, it's going to take a few weeks before they're hitting on all cylinders. And I ex- I expect the Rams to be hitting on all cylinders a week one. Uh 
compared to the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys have one of the worst defenses in the NFL, in my opinion. They failed to address their needs on that side of the ball. They lost their most productive player um, on defense in Robert Quinn, who had 11 and a half sacks last year. They also lost their best cornerback in By- Byron Jones to the Dolphins and uh, signed defensive tackle Jared McCoy, but he was lost for the season three weeks ago with a torn ACL. So they're, they're hoping for out on Smith and uh, Randy Gregory to ret- return from indefinite suspensions up front. Um, Jalen Smith is their only reliable linebacker in the secondary Definitely takes a hit with that loss of Jones. And I think uh, getting a full field goal here with the Rams is a gift in week one. Um, what do you think about this one, Brandon? Yeah, always nice to have a good feel for the Sunday night game. Uh, you know, you, you, you know, you might, even though you might not have a premium play on it, a lot of times you're going to, you're going to have some action on it, whether it be <laughs> a little pizza money or whatever yeah. it may be. You're going to, yep. if you're going to watch it, you're going to bet it. But with that said, I, I'm 100% with you on this Rams team. I don't understand. I mean, you got the thing is, it's just the division that they play in. And you get to everyone talking about the 49ers, Seahawks, and everyone can't, you know, is all over the Cardinals. So this is just the forgotten team. And while I don't think they're as strong as the team that got to the Super Bowl, I, I think there's a lot of talent here. Uh, I'm not quite there uh, with taking the points in the game in terms of the spread. I would definitely lean that way. Me personally, if I play this one, it'll be on the over at 51, uh, 51 and a half, even 52 at some places. I'm expecting a lot of fireworks in the inaugural game at SoFi Stadium. I can't wait to see this on TV. And, you know, it's I've seen some of it so so far, but it looks pretty special. These are two of the top offensive teams from last year. And there's every reason to expect both will be just as explosive again this year. While Dallas has a new head coach, they do bring back uh, offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. They added an explosive playmaker in C.D. Lamb, who I think they got as an absolute steal in the draft. Um, and I also don't think people realize how good Zeke's backup Tony Pollard is. If you remember back to last year's game, I think it was like 44-21 or something like that. Dallas put up over 200 yards rushing with both Zeke and Pollard uh, eclipsing the 100-yard mark. Uh, I don't think there's many teams with better skill players than the Cowboys. Uh, Rams are coached by one of the best offensive minds in Sean McVay. Uh, I wish he would have never gave all that money to Goff and got somebody a little better at that position, but he can make it work. Uh, They did lose Cooks and Gurley, uh, but they should be able to easily replace both. Gurley had kind of fallen out of the team anyway uh, last year. They got a a rookie running back of their own that can make a big impact too in Cam Akers. A lot of positive things I'm reading about him going into this season. As for the defensive side, you, you talked about Dallas. They're not as strong on that side of the ball. They've lost a lot of guys. But the big thing for me here, both of these teams will have a new defensive coordinator. Dallas going with Mike Nolan, who hasn't been a coordinator in like three years, and he quit being one because his defense is in Atlanta stunk. <laughs> uh, Rams got rid of the great defensive mind in Wade Phillips, uh, one of the guys I really respected as a defensive coordinator. Um, and they replaced him with Brandon Staley, who's never been a defensive coordinator before in this season, before this season. Um, you know, I, they, too, uh, lost some guys on defense. So I, I think we could see both defensive coming out sluggish. Uh, this might seem like a big number to some, but uh, I just think uh, these two are going to score early and often. So I would definitely lean over in this matchup. Yeah, it makes sense to me because, I mean, both offenses are loaded and both defenses have question marks. Um, I just always struggle with betting too many overs in week one uh, just because it seems like... That's when they hit, scoring early. I'm not not saying they won't, but, 
Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes the uh, defenses went out in week one just because uh, offenses are behind the eight ball a little bit. But it can work out both ways. I this one, this one in particular, I like the over for sure. I'm with you on this one, bud. Um, let's give the listeners a couple uh, NFL teaser winners. Uh, what, what's your favorite teaser this week, Brandon? Yeah, I'm going to tease the Ravens from uh, minus seven, minus seven and a half, uh, down to minus one. And I'm going to take Green Bay from plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half. Uh, I don't think Baltimore is losing to, to the Browns. I know there's a lot of hype. I just like the continuity with uh, the Ravens early on this season. And uh, as for Green, I, I like Green Bay to win that game outright, actually. But, you know, I'll take the eight and a half. Uh on a teaser line. So uh, I just think Minnesota's not quite what they were uh, a season ago. So, yeah, this is a, I forgot to mention this. We, we either do a six point teaser or a 10 team or a 10 point teaser with three teams. So you get, we each get a pick either whatever our favorite is that week, either a six pointer or a 10 pointer. And brands used some great numbers here. Ravens seven down to one Packers, two and a half up to eight and a half. And I know you guys have heard this before, but you want to cross as many key numbers as possible. And that's a perfect one crossing, uh, seven six four three down to one with the ravens and going back up the other way from two and a half to eight and a half with the packers so that's a great those are some great numbers i love that teaser i i got a six pointer myself and i'm going to use the ravens i love that one so much i know the browns are taking some money but that's only helped helped us uh get a good teaser ravens line here so i'm going ravens minus one 49ers minus one which the cardinals are also taking a lot of money early in the week um leading up to this game to get this 49ers line down to seven so we can tease it down to one so i'm going to take advantage of those line moves and looks like two teams that are going to win the games to me yeah i agree i like the continuity there with san francisco as well i you know you don't typically i'm typically scared of teams uh off that super bowl loss but the 49ers may be an exception this time yeah they're pretty loaded man so i i don't know i've heard a lot of that talk too but the, the the numbers going back are crazy when it comes to that. But. For sure. And I was low on the Rams last year. I think it was one of my favorite win totals, like under 10.5, and, and it worked out. But um, I don't think – I don't know. I don't know. I don't think the 40 – they're going to re, they're probably regress a little, but I just don't see it too much. You know, I don't either. You know, it could be that exception. The year that it's an exception, we'll see. And I just love Kyle Shanahan, man. You just kind of trust him. Um yeah, you know, while these free picks have been nice for the listeners too, the only way to really make some money is sign up for our premium picks. Uh, Brandon, let the listeners know how your premium picks are doing. Uh, they're going pretty well right now. Uh, we're coming in, uh, heading into Thursday night's action on an eleven and one run over the last four days. That adds to a twenty-seven and seven run over my last thirty-four, and sixty-two thirty-two over my last ninety-four. Got a 24 and 9, 73% win rate on all 50 star plus plays. Uh, currently 56% less, 77 college football, 58% going back over my last 269 NFL. I can't wait to dive into both of those. And, you know, let's not forget about the NBA and uh, baseball right now. A uh, 21 and 11 run on the pro hardwood, 42 and 20, 68%, last 62 on the diamond. So, uh, things are going real well right now. Heating up for football season. Nice work, yeah. man. Uh, let the uh, Brandon also posts a posts a bunch of good information on Twitter too. Let the listeners know how they how they can follow you on Twitter. 
Yeah, it's uh, at B Lee Sports Picks. Uh, you know, Jack's going to give you his here. We'll, we'll be posting the podcast whenever it's published on there. So if, if you want it first, uh, definitely follow us. All right, man. Yeah, that's awesome. A uh, couple of records for me. Uh, definitely long term is my um, got. I got a lot of really good long term trends, which to me is is very important in this business. So prove yourself over over a long period of time. Uh, number two ranked football capper all time at sportscapping dot com. One thousand one hundred forty eight nine forty seven uh, football run. thousand uh, dollar per game betters up over one hundred seven thousand long term. Uh, 472 and 350 football run long term. Number one college football capper all time at sportscapping.com. 639 and 504 college football run. $1,000 per game up over 88,000. Uh, 205 and 147 NFL run. $1,000 per game betters up over 41,000. So uh, profitable in every sport long term, but really looking forward to this football season. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BetFirmsJack too. Uh, thanks again, Brandon, for coming on. And I look forward to doing this with you every week again. Yeah, man, we got like 17 more weeks at least of this, so I can't wait. Yeah, looking forward to it. Let's make these uh, listeners some money this year and uh, keep keep doing what we're doing. Uh, thanks a lot, and uh, have a great first really big football weekend. Yeah, man, best of luck. You too. Thanks for listening to the SportsCapping.com podcast. For more free picks and predictions, be sure to visit us at SportsCapping.com. 